Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Chichings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and this is a somewhat unexpected episode. <laughs> I announced, I believe it was in late July or early August, that I was going to be closing my business, and that included shutting down this podcast or not recording any more episodes of the podcast and eventually letting the podcast, you know, go away because there's costs associated with hosting a podcast and keeping it going. And so this was not really an episode that I expected to do, but I am really, really excited to tell you guys about some stuff that's been going on behind the scenes and then have a conversation that I'm excited to have and share with you all about the next steps in this business. So when I announced my decision to shut down my business, largely for personal reasons, I have had a lot going on this past year. I've talked about on this podcast that we had a house fire and the whole process of coming out of the other side of that was really, really stressful, which then made running my own business without any employees or any help or anything also really stressful. So the combination of those two, along with just, you know, living a normal life with four children was honestly just too much for me. I kind of hit a breaking point where it was more than I could manage. And through the spring and the summertime, I kept trying to reignite my passion, find a way that I could not feel so burnt out and that I would feel a new excitement about teaching online and working with people and everything. And I even went so far, and if you go back just a handful of episodes on the podcast, in talking about a new program that I was working on. I had pages and pages and pages of writing out a new program that I was planning on launching and teaching about things a little bit beyond what I've taught about in the past. But it still just did not really reignite that passion for me. So after a lot of long conversations with my husband where I kind of said, this is a make or break point. Like I either need to go forward in this business and write this new program and go through a whole promotion period and a sales period and all of that and dedicate myself to this new program and then put my best foot forward in teaching the people that sign up for it or I need to stop completely. I can't keep hanging out in this sort of limbo area. And we came to the decision that it was best for me and for our family as a whole for me to step back and stop doing it completely. So that was kind of the behind the scenes part of that or the conversations that we were having privately. And I was okay with shutting down the business. And I had a lot of people reach out to me about where do we go from here? Who do we listen to? What's happening with the podcast? Really sad about the podcast going away and not being active anymore. And meanwhile, as that's all happening, someone that I had worked with in the past and has been on this podcast in the past, Julie, reached out to me privately and said, hey, we saw your um, emails about shutting down the business 
And we were wondering if there was any opportunity for us to work together to continue some aspects of the business and to not just have basically all of this go away for people. So Julie and her business partner, Cody, and I have been talking behind the scenes for several weeks about what that could look like and how we could transfer some of these things like the podcast over so that it's not just a matter of me coming onto the podcast and saying, hey, you guys should go listen to Julie. She's going to start a new podcast and you should go listen to her. But actually for her to be able to take the podcast with all of the past episodes that I've done so that all of those archives are still available to people and just take over what was already there. That makes it way easier for you guys and the continuity of already being subscribers of the podcast, already knowing how to find it and all of that versus, you know, me just saying, hey, go listen to this other podcast. And as an added bonus, it also allows all of these past episodes to still be available, which was a huge thing that people asked me. I would say one of the biggest questions that I got in sending out all the emails and everything about closing down the business was, what happens to all of those old podcast episodes? I think there's like almost 150 episodes at this point. And people would say, I haven't had a chance to listen to them all, or I love to refer back to them or whatever. And for me, you know, if I'm stepping out of the business, it doesn't make sense for me to just continue to host the podcast indefinitely. I'm just like spending money for nothing. But if somebody is able to continue on in that same podcast stream and everything, then it allows those episodes to still be available, which I think is a huge benefit for you all. So I am really excited today on this episode to have a conversation with Julie to introduce you all to Julie and to kind of talk about how we ended up here and what her background is, what her story is, so that you guys can start to get to know her and to be able to help facilitate this handoff of this podcast that I'm not able to run anymore, but I'm really, really glad that it's going to be a thing that continues because honestly, the podcast was my favorite part of the business. It was the part that I was saddest about stepping away from. I really love having this platform and being able to talk to people and to have conversations with guests and to give people a friend in business in this way, in your earbuds. And I love listening to podcasts. I love podcasting. It was just a passion project for me. And I'm really glad that Julie and Cody are excited about it and they're excited about continuing it and continuing this community and the vibe and everything that we have going on. So this will be the episode with me and Julie. We are going to talk about how she got where she is, who she is, how Julie and I met and all of those things. So I hope you guys enjoy and thank you all again for your support and your encouragement of me through this transitioning process. I'm really glad to have Julie and Cody on board and I hope that I will pop in here and there as a familiar face 
and still be able to connect with people and say hey and see the faces that I've gotten to know over these past several years of coaching without the pressure and the expectation of being involved in business all the time. So Cody and Julie are just great people. They have a great business that they've built. They're really, really smart about the way that they built their business, the way that they structure things, and just the way that they think about things. So I think that this is going to be a really great way to transition, and I'm really excited about it. So thank you all again, and here is my conversation with Julie. Way back in the day, in 2012, I started a blog about study abroad. I did not graduate with a job because I graduated when it was kind of coming out of the recession. And I was at Starbucks with my other unemployed friends and they were blogging about their life. My life was so boring at the time that I started blogging about something I had passion for, which was travel. But I didn't really, really get started in online business until 2016 when I created a blog, Millennial Boss, about student loan payoff. And as part of that process, I was exploring tons of different side hustles. I was working in the day in tech, but on my lunch break, on walks to and from different buildings, I was just listening to podcast after podcast about selling on Etsy and selling on Amazon. So I thought, I will figure out a way that I can create my own Etsy shop. So I started the Swag Elephant, where I sold temporary tattoos. And there's a whole reason of why I chose tattoos. I didn't necessarily have any type of affinity to tattoos. I just thought they were an easy thing to sell. And that was the beginning. I also love study abroad. So I did not know that about you. (laughs) I think that it's interesting. You and I both kind of came into the Etsy space looking for a business like a moneymaker, not so much as passionate crafters. So what did that look like for you once you got started? I was living in a tiny apartment. I had just moved to Silicon Valley because I was still exploring working in tech and I was very career focused at the time. This was before kids. So I wanted to be there, but we couldn't really afford a larger place. So we were in this tiny apartment and I knew I needed to sell something small. So that's where I came up with the idea for the tattoos. I knew how to use the design tool Canva pretty well so I could make the designs for the tattoos and then work with a production partner and disclose on Etsy that I was doing that. In the bachelorette space, I was going to tons of bachelorette parties at the time that people were spending lots and lots of money on items that were kind of throwaway. So I was making a bunch of these tattoos. And what I loved about them is that when people would go to bachelorette parties, they would buy in packs of 15 or 20. And I tried other niches. I tried non-bachelorette items, but someone would buy one or two. And that's you know not worth it for me for like the mental gymnastics that I had to do on top of my day job of, okay, I need to ship this, get the label. I mean, that's it's simple on Etsy, but you know, it's just one more thing to think about. With the bachelorette space, if someone's buying 20 for the whole crew at once, I would profit at least 15 to $20 per order at the time. And that to me was like a perfect side hustle. I love that. Slowly, I got a little bit burnt out because I realized this was a lot on top of my day job and going to and from the post office. I moved to Seattle during this and I would run up the hills of Seattle to the post office and make it part of my exercise routine at the time. And then I learned about digital products. And that's where my passion that has since turned into Gold City Ventures really started. Tell me about that movement away from the physical and more towards the digital. And for those of you that don't know Julie, Julie has a business partner, Cody, who she runs Gold City Ventures with now. 
What did that transition kind of look like just as a solopreneur making temporary tattoos to actually I want to do something different with this? And then obviously it's grown a huge amount since then. So at the time, I'm blogging about my student loan payoff and Etsy is part of this strategy. So through the blog, I started to meet other people and I realized that podcasting was a thing. So I launched a podcast about financial independence, retire early, which is a niche of people that they're retiring in their 30s, walking away from their corporate jobs, which was my goal at the time. I started interviewing the people that I admired, but there was somebody that kept coming up on the scene. He was a young college student, Cody Berman, who's now my business partner and good friend. And he was excited about the concept of financial independence, retire early, super, super young, which to me, I thought that was interesting because he hadn't even started yet. He was still in college. And he, at the same time, had started his own podcast interviewing people that had achieved financial independence. He was selling disc golf equipment on the internet. He was doing all these different things. And I thought, let's come together and let's launch this business where we will share what we've learned from a side hustle perspective with other people. And that's where Gold City Ventures really started. And at the time, I was five months pregnant. My first trimester, I was pretty nauseous and I wasn't really producing as much as I would have liked. But then Cody kind of came through and he'd recorded all these videos. And I was like, wow, this is a special person. So I knew like Gold City Ventures, even though I'm very tired and very pregnant, I'm going to put all my last bits of energy into getting this together. So the two of us, we recorded actually a series of three courses. Etsy was one of them because that was my passion and side hustle. Cody was actually a freelancer. At this time, he had left college and he had worked for six months in corporate America. And he was able to leave his corporate job and completely replace his income. I think he made maybe 60000 that year with just freelancing for online entrepreneurs. So he wanted to make a course on that. Together, we both were bloggers. So we wanted to make a blogging course. For anyone that's ever launched a course, launching three courses at once is an absolute terrible idea. Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and then being pregnant, it was just, wow, that was a lot. But then we realized pretty quickly that Etsy was the winner because one, we had the most interest in it, but two, the students were getting what they wanted, which was a side hustle. They were actually making money the fastest with that out of the three. Sometimes with those niches, you can, if you get a large client or you really get a lot of traffic to your blog, you can make probably more than Etsy necessarily. But we doubled down on Etsy and we launched the ePrintables course back in 2019. That has grown now. We have almost 15,000 students who have taken it. It started just Cody and I, but now we have a team of six coaches. They have thousands and thousands of sales on Etsy. I have 6,000 sales on Etsy. One of our coaches, Sasha, is closing in on 20,000 sales. We have students that have hit over 40,000 sales on Etsy in that time frame. With Gold City Ventures, there are a lot of coaches and it's more of a seller community, I would say, that we've tried to create. What's working for everybody is not always the same depending on when they started and what they sell and blah, blah, blah. So I think it's really smart and really, really valuable for people to have this vast array of experiences from the coaches that you guys have. It makes it more fun for me as well. With the pandemic, my daughter with childcare, she had some medical stuff going on, so I didn't want to send her to daycare. I needed to be home, but I still miss talking to people. So it replaced that aspect for me that I was missing. Yeah, like really a community of people instead of just you're the only one that's teaching and everybody just only looks to you as their guiding star. And I don't want to say I'm codependent or anything, but almost every business I've ever started, I always started with somebody else. 
you can scale much faster if you get someone else involved. And yes, you need to share the profits and then you have to have difficult conversations sometimes. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, the best thing I ever did was partner with Cody and almost all of my businesses, it does have someone else that is involved in it. And even with myself, I don't want it to come across like, oh, I have it all figured out because we were just talking before this about how um, I had planned this big return after maternity leave in September. And then literally we all got COVID. My daughter got sick again somehow. It's just, you know, back to back doctor's appointments out of school. So I think I still have all the regular challenges that everybody else has. But when I'm experiencing those challenges, the show can still go on. After being in this space for so long, I've seen a lot of people have their own angle of where they put the emphasis in their teaching. Cody and I are big optimizers, so we don't create products that we have not seen proof in the data using various tools that we think this product will sell. We are constantly sourcing new and different tools. I had a six-figure blog business. Cody had his own six-figure online business separate from Etsy before we even got into this space. And I think in the online business world, you're in the business of attention and it's how do you attract traffic? How do you convert? And that's the data-driven sort of right-brained approach that we bring to the Etsy business. Also with us both trying to achieve financial independence goals, we are in the business of making money and picking products that have the highest chance to profit and thinking about how to do that in the sort of tricks in the trade of doing that on Etsy, that's of the utmost importance. That being said, I've had people that have come into my programs with something in their heart that they want to make or their handmade seller in a specific space, and they can still continue to follow that. It's trying to make sure that you're attaching the right keywords, that you're being competitive with your listing images, that you are understanding the customer flow end-to-end using whatever data is available to you on the internet. If there is anything that I love in life, it is data. (laughs) Also, I completely agree that anybody that is selling on Etsy for more than just like trying to offload their hobby stuff that they've created should be in the business of making money. That's why you're selling it. Also, I should mention the job I had before this, I was working in data visualization at Amazon. So that's my thing. I love it so much. That being said, our students don't always love it. So the challenge is how do we get them to be excited about it the same way and see the potential and implement it in their workflow without overwhelm, without getting lost in the tech and for the lowest cost? Because I know people don't want to sign up for tons of expensive tools until they see the return. With the volume that we're getting at Gold City Ventures, I can say, oh, okay, I have new students that are coming in in November. How long does it take them to get to 100 sales? Does it take them less time or longer? And I'm kind of like always looking at that information to try to make the curriculum better so that students can get what they want faster. I love that I finally found somebody that loves data as much as me. What can people kind of expect coming down the pipeline of the plans that y'all have for the podcasts and everything? Well, we will do one more transition episode with you, Lauren. So thank you for sticking around for that. We have some exciting things up our sleeve. We're going to continue with all the great content and information and value that Lauren has been providing for years. And then we'll add some new twists in that we think you guys are going to love. So definitely be sure you check out the next episode to see what the plans are. And we can't wait. 